It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. This is episode 34 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. On this episode, Stacey Dales from the NFL Network does a great job covering the NFL and the Bears. And this episode is all about the draft. We get into the Bears, what we think Ryan Poles might do. Uh, Stacey is actually posted up at Lambeau, so I'll get some of her thoughts on what the Packers will do. Well, they draft a receiver for Aaron Rodgers at some point. They've got a couple of first-round picks. Bears currently with no first-rounders, but... Uh, that could change, obviously. Poles spoke with reporters this week at Hallis Hall. He you know, talked about the possibility of moving up or maybe down. So I think the biggest thing is, is how many players you have at a certain level. So can you move back and get a quality player at that next spot? And then also take into consideration where, you know, when you get kicked other picks, um, that's an additional player. So where is that pick uh, located at in the draft? And can I still get a quality player at that level as well? Also, you can accumulate on the back end, and you can package things up and move them, move them again. So, um, really, it's just the volume and where the the draft is deep in certain positions. And as for how he's been preparing his staff for the draft, sounds like they were having some fun with it. So, what we've done the last few days is we ran simulations of the draft over and over and over and over again to our picks. We trade. We had guys fake uh, call in fake trades just to test our communication, test our trade charts, test all of that to make sure that everything's smooth on game day. And obviously much of the conversation is building around Justin Fields this offseason. Not a lot of moves by the Bears, and it is a fine line of being understanding to the polls' plan, um, which is really reconstructing this roster, but also keeping in mind that they do have to put pieces around Justin Fields at some point. I, really, I think it's important. I think anytime you just improve the team overall, um, you're helping all of the players out. Uh, and that can look different i mean um you know you could say well he needs receivers 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 but he needs blocking too and uh, he also needs balance in terms of running the ball efficiently and, and getting that done up front and then you can do some play action pass stuff you can do different things so it all touch turnovers uh maybe returner to flip the field to score more points so it's all connected and that's really why the mindset is to get the best players on this team as possible if I get too lopsided be like I got to do this specific thing I think that's where you lead into big mistakes all right that's some stuff from Ryan Poles at Hellas Hall this week here's my conversation with Stacy Dales from NFL Network now joining me on the podcast is the great Stacy Dales of the NFL Network, a national correspondent. And it is finally uh, draft week. The draft is here. And I know you're up at Lambeau, Stacy, and I do have some Packers questions for you. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, thank you for joining the podcast. I, I very much appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, what what shouldn't we all be talking about other than the draft right now? There's nothing going on <laughs> elsewhere, is there? Uh, <laughs> well, a couple other things. I was actually out in Las Vegas last, last week, so I was able to see some of the setup happening around the Bellagio and all of that, and there's so much draft stuff going on in Vegas. But um, we did hear from Ryan Poles this week at Hellas Hall. Um, 
Are you getting the sense that Ryan Poles, and he talked about this a little bit, they, they currently do not have a first-round selection, and I know a lot of general managers don't want to say too much leading up to the draft, although I thought Ryan Poles was pretty candid in his, uh, his media um, conference this week, but do you get the sense that uh, he would like to move down and acquire more draft picks, or do you think he could get aggressive and move up into the first round? I do think that it would be more probable based upon listening to him, Kevin, that he moves down. I mean, when you have six picks, you start at 39, go to 48, and then you jump into the third round with the 71. It just seems because of the depth of this draft, right? I mean, every every team that I've talked to, any scouts, whether you talk to GMs or scouts or anybody from the pro football personnel department, because of the COVID years, Years. I mean, back-to-back, really, the carryover of players is substantial this year. There are so many players, positionally, it is so deep. And, you know, it's been interesting because everybody is different. Every team I've talked to or listened to, whether you're at the Combine or leading up to this process, you know, some people think it's not a great quarterback group, for instance. Some people think it's better than maybe what you'd expect. I mean, don't forget in 2017, I think Patrick Mahomes went with Deshaun Watson, right, 10 and 12, I believe it was, and it was kind of an unsuspecting quarterback class. And look how it turned out. And Bears will never forget the Mitch Trubisky move, by the way. (laughs) Um, But I, I just think overall, because of the depth, it would make the most sense for the Bears if they want more picks to move back. Um, and I think at 39, they can land a really good player. There's going to be some players in this draft that if you're a person or a draft guru who puts uh, grade rounds or ground grades on players and think that there's a guy who probably should land in the second or third, he could go into the first. Um, a guy in the third maybe could go into your second. So. I think that's just a reflection of the depth. And, and there are so many different ways the Bears can go, right? Because they do have plenty of holes that need to be filled on this roster, whether it's receiver, offensive line, maybe an edge rusher. There's a lot of different positions that Ryan Poles can target. For you, is there a top position that you would be targeting uh, if you were the Bears going into this draft, because it is kind of this fine line, and Ryan Poles was asked about it, of one, yes, he wants to get his guys into Chicago, he wants to build his own roster, but you also want to put some weapons and some pieces around Justin Fields. Yeah, for me, every every GM is going to say we have to draft based upon value and where that value lands on our board. Uh, but there is no hiding the notion that the Chicago Bears need more weaponry around Justin Fields. I mean, they've added Equinemius St. Brown, who's been, you know, quite frankly, up and down in his career, although, although he's a good portion of that been in Green Bay uh, behind some really good receivers here, including Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, et cetera, et cetera, Alan Lazard. Darnell Mooney, I know the Bears love this guy. Uh, you know, as he enters year two, you can only expect a jump from him and improvement from him on what was, I thought, one of the more underrated, outstanding rookie seasons overall in the NFL. Uh, Byron Pringle, obviously a Kansas City product that Ryan Poles knows very well, but they need more star power at the wide receiver position. Listen, Justin Fields has a massive arm. They're going to hopefully get him on the move. That is the plan with Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. And let him throw. Let him launch the ball. And there's going to be great receivers there. If they don't go that direction, Kevin, you know, I'm all about the trenches. 
the offensive line needs work. Ryan Poole, back in his you know college days at Boston College, was an O lineman protecting Matt Ryan um, many years ago. But when you consider that the Bears, I believe, gave up a league worst fifty eight sacks last season, and I know they're different. And you would hope to see a healthy Tevin Jenkins. And they're, I know, shifting around these guys, Larry Borum. And what a great addition Lucas Patrick has been and will anchor in the middle of that offensive line. But they have to improve there. They want athletic offensive linemen who can move, that are versatile, like Lucas Patrick, who can basically could plug him and play him anywhere, but so good at the center position. And, um, you know, that, that could also be an area they go with to move with Justin Fields and protect him. You know, in 10 starts last year, he was sacked 36 times. Again, I believe the Bears gave up a league worst in terms of sacks in the NFL. So, to me, you've got to protect. You've got to move with him. And, by the way, they have a pretty good running back in David Montgomery, and not to mention Herbert's pretty decent behind him. So an offensive line that is stout only helps that. They've got to score points. And at the end of the day... It's a new coaching regime, but you still have a lot of the same guys back. It was an offense that was 30th in passing, worst in pass protection, as I alluded to, worst on third down. They have to improve their offense, and if they don't start doing it at 39, I would be shocked. It's pretty incredible to see mock drafts and how much they change in the two weeks or so leading up to the draft where you typically have a consensus number one, and then all of a sudden a new name jumps out. Um, but you, you have mentioned the depth at positions like receiver, offense line, even running back Ryan Poles talked about that. But are there a couple names that you think the Bears might be targeting, whether it's at receiver or offensive line? Well, when I look at these receivers, I go up and down the board that I have in my office, and it's, it's literally shocking just how many good names and players there are and how they bring such different skill sets. And then you try to target that 39 area, right? And then you hear about the Sky Moores, who arguably had the most impressive combine of all the receivers when you think about the good ones, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams is continuing to recover from that ACL. Drake London hasn't really showed us much uh, with his sort of monster receiving size out at USC. Um, you know, there's just Traylon Burks. I, I, when I look at this guy, I, I think to myself, Debo Samuel, and now start to develop him because he is massive in size, um, you know, a little maybe taller than Debo, but just in terms of the things that they did with him at Arkansas, you can really use him all over the field. So I say all those names, but then where's Christian Watson going to go? Where's George Pickens going to go if he doesn't tear his ACL last spring um, ahead of Georgia's season? So, you know, Sky Moore, again, Alec Pierce, just so many names that the way I have, kind of looked at it now, Kevin, as we approach the draft, who has a team fallen in love with? Because every team has a different culture. They have a different type of player that they want that fits that culture. And now who best of this big group, this fancy group, are they going to add to their football team? I think a lot of teams are going to get really good receivers. Um, And uh, I certainly for Bears fans, hope that they get one of the good ones because there's so many of them. George Pickens is my guy. I've said that everybody falls in love with somebody. I think Pickens and Fields will be a great combination the way Fields can throw the ball down the field and Pickens has the speed and the size, all of that. Um, 
You are you are at Lambeau, and that's another team that obviously would be targeting a receiver after Devontae Adams trade. So would you be stunned if they don't draft a receiver in the first round? I would be. I would be literally stunned. Like, my jaw would be on the floor, <laughs> honestly, because, yeah, they haven't done it in 20 years. Javon Walker was the last guy they took in the first round. Um, but the way things stand right now, Kevin, is – there is a vacancy here as I sit at Lambeau uh, for another, you know, top tier marquee wide receiver, an ex guy who can come in and play right now and be dominant for Aaron Rodgers. And I, when I look at their roster now, obviously Alan Lazard has been so productive. And we understand Randall Cobb's versatility and, and certainly in the slot, but just the veteran leadership he brings. Sammy Watkins has been added as a veteran. They need a young buck who can come in here, take the top off the defense, but then, hey, let's roll him into the slot. Oh, let's put him outside, do a number of things with. And, again, there's just so much versatility in this receiving group um, coming in. So uh, with 22 and 28 in the first round, not to mention five through the first three rounds, which is really unusual territory for the Packers. They haven't had five picks through three rounds in 16 years since 2006. So they have a lot to play with. It's like they got money, and now what are they going to do with it? Because with that a leverage-type situation of 11 picks in this draft, the Packers are going to get better, and they could add an edge. They could add defensive line. They always add a lineman with Brian Gutekunst, but I really think this is the year where they say, Aaron, what do you want? And he's going to be involved. Gutekunst made that very, very apparent when he spoke during draft week. He basically was asked, you know, how involved is Aaron Rodgers? He said, well, the communication has been pretty good for the last year and a half, right? Remember Jordan Love? Right? Remember what that did to Aaron Rodgers? He goes on and wins back-to-back MVPs. And goodness gracious, if you don't ask him, hey, what do you think about this guy? Or put a little tape on for him. Who knows what they're doing in closed doors? But there's no doubt. I mean, they, they're going to get a great receiver, hopefully for Packers fans, um, in the first round. Maybe Aaron Rodgers wants Debo on his team. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe oh something. My I mean, it's, a, it's a scary thought on that offense, right? The, the, the what he, what he can do, and who knows what these trade rumors. But man, I'm like Debo to yeah. Green Bay would make a ton of sense. When that would just be unbelievable. Like I, I can't. I'll never forget being here last year for the you know divisional round game and an opportunity to advance the NFC Championship in the elements of Green Bay and interviewing Debo after the game and the guy was in tears and then you know you know to to defeat with with the Niners to defeat the Packers at Lambeau just a remarkable moment but um it's the ways they could use him and now Bears fans are listening to this saying okay Dale (laughs) shut it shut it (laughs) I can envision Debo Samuel just with multiple back-breaking like third down pickups against the Bears in a in a Packers Bears (laughs) matchup I know you're busy it's a crazy busy time for reporters and yourself real quick though a top top overall pick once what's your gut telling you oh this is so hard I, I just to me the edge rush proven over the years has been proven to be the difference maker for so many teams. And we saw it with Aaron Donald. He made the play of the game in the Super Bowl. So I don't know which you could guess Aiden Hutchinson, maybe um, given the multitude of ways he can win at the line of scrimmage. Um, 
And I think that's why people are so high on him, just because of his prowess to play in a, like a multitude of different moves to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, it was interesting to be at the Combine watching him and being around him a little bit. He didn't have blistering speed, but it, it's not about blistering speed. It's about how you maneuver your body. And we're seeing with the edge rushers now, whether they're inside or outside, you look at the Max Crosby's, the Nick Bosa's, the Aaron Donald's, the, I mean, even Khalil Mack. It's how are they used in their scheme? How are coaches getting them to exploit their greatest talents? And when they have versatility, they're even better. So I think he brings some versatility to the table and, you know, could very well be the number one pick. Stacey Dales, you can see her on the NFL Network, does a great job covering the NFL, the Bears, and uh, really the whole league. Stacey, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Great to be with you, Kevin. Enjoy. And that's episode 34 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Big thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Alzheimer for their help producing the podcast. And thanks again to Stacy for jumping on. I'll have another a podcast up after the draft, breaking it all down. Thanks again for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.